1: From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. For this, the 23rd of March, I'm Nadine Blaney.
0: I'm Kyle Roderick. It's great to have your company. What a day it has been. We were looking forward to it, and I think it kind of delivered, I suppose, in terms of, well, a little bit of excitement.
1: Well, a little bit of excitement. Um, Kyle, how are you? Tired. Yeah, all right. Well, it, has, it does feel like that he was up so early to be, you know, listening and mm. reacting to that Fed meeting, which really has dominated the day, I think, to Kyle's point. Um, look, it was a worse picture. I mean, this is not a pretty picture that we're about to show you. The SEBO Australia index has closed and it's closed down by 7 tenths of a percent. Um, But look, it was worse earlier on, if you can say that. Off the lows of the day, the final match-out still going on with the S&P ASX 200. Uh, The small end of the market was really battered and bruised. We'll go through some of those companies a little bit later on. But the small ords, for example, off by one and a quarter percent. Is there anything that we can sort of positively take away from this session, Kyle, when you just look at the chart on screen?
0: Well, we're off the lows of the day, if nothing else, and US futures have picked up. I think market participants are going to have trouble digesting this for a couple of days because if you were up and watching the actual um, press conference the nasdaq was up one and a half percent that's when i closed my short in the market at a loss Uh, but very very quickly turned around when powell ruled out the prospect of rate cuts before the end of the year which is still baked into the futures curve and then we obviously also had those yelling comments too so overwhelming for market participants this morning so i think we're going to have a few days to try and work out what this actually means
1: yeah we had a chat with ira epstein from lennon associates early in the day and he was saying it in his view, wasn't actually the Fed because they did say that they could pause, they did say that they could continue to hike. But what we do know is that the Fed will keep rates at an elevated level for perhaps a longer period of time, if you believe the dot plots. But Ira was putting down the sell-off and the volatility to those Yellen comments because Jay Powell was saying that you know the banks should be supported and that they were in favor of some sort of a you know review of what went on and seemingly lent his support behind bank deposit guarantees, uh, but then Yellen came out and threw cold water on it. So again, that uncertainty and every guest that I speak with, not every guest, but that we have the conversation says, and it makes sense, right? Your bank deposits should be guaranteed. Corporate's bank deposits should be guaranteed. You know, it could be quite chaotic if they're not. And uh, we'll obviously continue to see funds going to some of those bigger, more established banks, which then, you know, snowballs into problems for those U.S. regional banks. So a couple of interviews online you can listen to. In that uh, regard, uh, you can listen to the interview that I did with uh, Mark Bailey from Capstream Capital, Martin Wetton from Commonwealth Bank, two really good interviews. And they actually see things quite differently if you wanted to get to sort of different views on where the US is headed, uh, you know, whether or not the banking crisis is over. Mm-hmm. Some say it's old news, some not.
0: Yeah, no. I seem to be getting that kind of a message too. Actually, I spoke to Joseph Wang, who was uh, I spoke about on the, uh, the the show yesterday. Very excited about. Oh, yeah. He used to work at the Fed, um, and he said that things are, are, are you know reasonably well contained. He's not too concerned about the whole situation when it comes to broader systemic risk. But one thing that I think I've gathered from speaking to people today, in particular, is that regulators need to to come up to step up to the plate a little bit and well uh, manage these regional banks a little bit better. But he said, in terms of you know broader systemic risk. Uh, any sort of institutions falling over or or anything of that nature, a fairly low risk for the time being. But it will have a very big impact on credit creation in the economy, which will slow down growth in the medium to longer term. So Jay Powell spoke about it last night. Uh, It's going to be an impact to the real economy.
1: Okay, so that interview is online. It's the big picture, ausbiz.com.au, if you're listening to this now. So the three themes today, look, uh, it was the ASX wilting, melting, Uh, obviously the Fed, which will be intertwined into conversations for quite some time. And gold. I mean, gold, if you're looking for uh, a sector that did outperform. Actually, speaking of the sectors, let's run through uh, how these sectors performed today. And we had the the miners really weighing on the market overall. Fortescue Metals in particular there, mm. Kyle.
0: Yeah, interesting one there, down 3.2%. Uh, we did see a little bit of a pickup up in iron ore futures yeah. today in the region. Um, but uh, overall commodity players, other than gold, obviously, uh, underperforming in mining, as you can see, They're up by 1.1%. Some of the other uh, sectors, though, the tech space, and I referenced the NASDAQ before because, again, it initially responded reasonably well to that notion of a potential pause from the Fed. Well, that finished lower last night quite considerably, too. seemed to rub off somewhat on our tech sector. And, uh, well, if you like to play this one at home, block off by 5.7%. Uh, 9%. Uh, well, you get
1: whiplash if you're playing this game at home. Exa-
0: well, exactly. Especially when it comes, to, when it comes to, to exposure to the crypto price, because, uh, well, sorry, Bitcoin price, because it was down <laughs> below $28,000 again last night.
1: Energy. Uh, look, there was not a lot of good news uh, here in, in the energy space locally, but Washington H. Sol Pattinson did come through up by about 1.5%. And uh, on that, well, we'll get to it when we review some of the corporate stories today. But yeah, we don't want to just be too negative. So there's your picture when it comes to gold. Also, the telcos last I checked, at least would finish just mildly into positive territory all right let's get to some of those top corporate stories I just like dancing here and yep. uh lithium this is a theme that'll come up with our uh our featured guest in a bit but oh, yes. we heard core lithium expanding its sales deal with china's Sichuan Yuah uh today
0: yes and bhp engineering firm hatched to is going to design electric smelting plants in australia
1: just showing the way that things are going in metals and mining i mm. mean you know hopefully hopefully making a difference in terms of emissions uh, united malt group actually that was one of the best performers today up by more yeah. than six percent a commissioning cheers to this of its new inverness malting facility in scotland i'd love to visit scotland have you been
0: i've never been but i had an ex-girlfriend that was scottish and well she was rather nice
1: no that's good yeah yeah wow. um
0: and also interesting we had a conversation about wheat prices today so we don't do that every day but also a potential tailwind for the business they're coming down quite considerably
1: really okay yeah jonathan barrett Uh, from celsius pro i know Mm. was on earlier you can find that online and he details the gold and silver price and his view on copper as well um sigma healthcare so that was a company that reported obviously at a cycle it's going to be paying a final dividend at plans of half a cent per share fully franked after it posted a net profit of 1.8 million so it's a big turnaround from a loss of 7.2 million last financial year and that was our stock of the day
2: even when even we go back about five years ago, they were, um, you know, we could see their earnings were, were up and down and, and you know, and so was their share price. I mean, it, um, you know, it got as high as about a $1.50 back in 2016 and um, the, the share price was already collapsing before COVID even turned up. So, um, yeah, that sort of earnings variability makes it a, a tough investment proposition. I mean, good to see they're, they're now... Um, Profitable. I mean, margins have always been an issue with with this business. So, uh, judging by the market reaction, it wasn't uh, a, a good enough swing, um, mm. unfortunately. So, um, yeah. Look, I, I just yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier, I just think it's a tough business to invest in because of that um, that variability of their earnings over time. Yeah. It's not, as I said, it's not really a healthcare stock. Um, I think there's far better retailers out there, and
0: um, and there's far better healthcare stocks out there.
1: Mark Gardner there from Macro Capital, Henry, uh, sorry, apologies, that was Michael Gable Gable from Fairmont Equities, thank God you're here. All right, let's (laughs) find out what's happening overnight. And uh, yeah, the Bank of England, so we're not quite through these central banks, Mm. and there was a spanner thrown in the work last night, wasn't there, for the good old BOE, with inflation rising more than expected, but most of the commentary I heard and read today would be that the Bank of England may not be spooked by that, because they... You know, are expecting inflation to come down in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, every meeting for all these central bankers are live. They do not want to see inflation become entrenched. I mean, that's a public enemy number one in their view.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we haven't spoken about it as much over the last few weeks because everyone's talking about banking crisis, but uh, that whole notion of not letting inflation expectations become unanchored. And uh, well, in terms of what I can see here, the expectation is for the Bank of England to hike rates to 4.25%. So it um, wasn't necessarily shifted on the basis of that inflation number last night, but certainly reaffirms the need of, well, continued policy tightening perhaps in the UK. Obviously, it's a far more difficult set of circumstances for them because their growth picture is also a little bit more negative than other parts of the world.
1: Yeah, we do have uh, in the Eurozone, uh, you know, a consumer confidence read. So we're expected to see the consumer confidence to work against inflation and interest rate pressures in March. Then we get a couple of these Fed activity indices coming through in the United States. We're expecting the Chicago Fed national activity uh, to moderate in February after an unexpected bounce that we saw coming through last month. New home sales, the housing market in the States is always of much interest, you know. It's the recession bellwether, you know, or or signal. Um, But some of the data coming through from the housing market there hasn't been too poor, you know. And then we get to jobless claims because if you've got a Fed that's focused on inflation, and unemployment, I mean, the jobs market is still so strong.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one that we probably wouldn't normally make note of uh, because of, well, it's not as significant to us, but we actually do have the Swiss National Bank meeting tonight, too, which won't necessarily be as important because it is expected to raise rates by 50 basis points. But naturally, well, it's been in the news over the last week or so for being a part of the crack team trying to coordinate uh, the takeover or merger, whatever you wish to call it, of UBS and Credit Suisse. And, well, obviously, more or less providing backstops for these institutions uh, amidst stress in the uh, European banking system. So another one what to watch this evening. Okay,
1: so not a uh, big corporate news on the agenda, at least for tomorrow. You never know what will happen in terms of breaking news. But we do have Eager's Automotive holding its AGM. We've got Buru Energy with its half-year report out and Resapp as well with its half-yearly report. Uh, so there's a couple of the companies that we'll be keeping our eyes on. Let's go back to our featured guest, Henry Jennings. He's joining us from Marcus today. Do we have you now, Henry? Good afternoon to you. Uh,
2: hi Nadine, I hope you have me now, do you?
1: Yeah, we do. Hey Henry, the question was simple. So rates yeah. are still rising. They're likely remain higher for longer now. Yeah. Um, do you change anything in your strategy?
2: Uh, not really, I have to say and We've seen these knee-jerk reactions where Wall Street throws the uh, the dummy out of the stroller uh, before. I have to say, so we're waiting to see what happens, I guess, tonight because we do get these sort of one-day wonders. At the end of the day, I think you know, Federal Chief Powell was relatively clear. now we are going to see a little bit higher in interest rates, maybe 25 basis points, but there will be a pause. There are no cuts coming. You can't see an occasion where we should get any cuts. The U.S. inflationary environment is still very, very strong, although it is coming down. The economy there is still relatively strong and the banks are very sound. So I'm not really sure um, we should be getting too panicked just at the moment. I don't think the U.S. banking crisis, if that's what you call it, uh, some mismanaged banks like SVB and First Republic is hardly a crisis. It's certainly not the same sort of crisis that we saw uh, 15 years ago and our banking sector very strong and very robust. So I think this too will pass and uh, we'll be focused on what the RBA is gonna do in April, as opposed to what the Fed has done and uh, what we'll do in the coming months. But 25 basis points away from the end point, I really don't think that's, you know, you're know you starting to get down to the, uh, the fine detail here. I, I don't think that's gonna really affect uh, us, although the market is still very nervous.
0: Henry, your attitude just towards the banks in general, I mean, I don't know if you're one that likes to invest in them. Sometimes it can be a divisive point whether, you know, you put your money there um, at all. But, I mean, obviously, there's been a level of guilt by association with the Australian banks, even though it's sort of largely considered we're going to be insulated from these issues overseas. Do you start thinking that given the sell-off, there's some value there in any of the banks if you if you do sort of tilt towards um, liking uh, investing in them? Or, or is it at the moment, given the, the macroeconomic backdrop, you know some more water to sort of pass on the bridge until we can say that they are you know a decent opportunity
2: well i've got to say carl you know the the aussie banks were under pressure for various reasons before we got this banking crisis we are seeing increased competition in the mortgage market so those net interest margins have been a little bit uh, squished shall we say we are seeing more competition than deposit base as well and banks are politically are being forced a little bit at least to push up those deposit rates, which they've been a little tardy in doing. So uh, that is going to squish their margins as well. And, of course, there is that wonderful fixed interest cliff coming where uh, all those two-, three-year uh, fixed interest loans tend to roll off, and that will put pressure on them. But you know, it's in the bank's interest and in the customer's interest to manage that. These guys make $30 billion bucks between the four of them, uh, come rain, come shine. They pay out big dividends. We've got results coming up in March. We've got dividends uh, to be paid as well. Sorry, results in Feb- May rather. Res- dividends to be paid. So there's a lot to kind of like. They're not going to shoot the lights out in this kind of environment. But, uh, you know, the, the time to buy banks is when everybody hates them. Uh, and the time to sell them is when everybody is falling in love with them as they were not so long ago just when commonwealth bank came out was all-time highs and the rest of the banks have been dragged up in uh, in its wake so uh, i don't think it's uh, time to go all in but certainly if you're a long-term investor looking for good income our banks are pretty strong pretty secure and they do make an awful awful lot of money
1: hey henry you play in the small cap and quite a bit as well um, look, it's been tough. it's been very difficult, but I <laughs> it's had a couple been of horrible it has been yeah, okay. <laughs> that's why you know battered and bruised sort of comes to mind not in relation to how you look, of course, yeah. but you know it has been um, yeah I had a couple of really good conversations today though with small cap investors and you know they all say that when you have these market inflections, when you have these real change in regimes, that that is when the real opportunities, come to the fore you know you you just you have to still obviously know what you're doing do your research but are you thinking that you can start getting more active if we now have a little bit of a clarity around where you know interest rates will peak
2: um well the the problem with small caps in the dean is it's not really so much a function of interest rates it's more a derivative of confidence and sentiment and confidence and sentiment in the market generally is very much on the nose at the moment in the small cap end of things. I mean there's certainly some that have been going extraordinarily well still but in the small end it is all about confidence and the interest rate talk and the whole macro thing saps people's confidence in the large caps and if you're getting sapped in the large caps you're not going to want to play in the small caps there will come a time I don't know when but there will come a time but you may need to gird your loins you may need to take uh, to, to pluck up your courage uh, to get stuck into the small caps, I don't think it is yet. I'm still uh, got a very large cash holding in my small cap portfolio, which I have of around 46, 47%, and that has been the way of things for some time. So I'm not rushing in, and I'm looking at opportunities to pick off. But it's you know you've got to take a longer term view sometimes. But I think it's a little early just yet to be uh, looking at uh, being very, very brave in the small caps.
0: Got to ask about lithium, of course. I mean, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to know why it's um, having the troubles that it has over the last few weeks. I mean, I just sort of speculated that, given the fact that broader energy space has kind of struggled, that maybe it's just a derivative of that. What's the story behind lithium stocks right now?
2: Oh, well, I think Carl, you know, it, it is the ultimate sentiment uh, sector. Let's face it, 2022 was the year of lithium. People were make, making extraordinary piles of money. This, the price of lithium carbonate was going through the roof. But what we have seen is just a a sort of a a Chinese water torture, if you like, a drip feed of negative news from the price obviously falling quite substantially to demand in China of electric vehicles tempering slightly. We're also seeing stories about uh, substitution in terms of batteries, uh, sodium ion batteries instead of lithium ion batteries. Uh, And we're just seeing a lot of sort of negative news. It's not one thing. It's just lots and lots of things piling up. And the easiest way, the path of least resistance is to sell these stocks down. And it's not difficult to do when sentiment is against them. Uh, they are very volatile. They have been moving around an awful lot. Uh, but you know, when the price of the underlying asset being the lithium carbonate uh, is falling and all the other derivatives of lithium are falling and Chinese demand seems to be tempering in EVs, it's an easy story to sell if you're a bear. Hmm.
0: Henry, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for jumping on. Hopefully we can uh, do it again maybe next week. Henry Jennings there from Market Today. Thanks for your time.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. Well, let's take a look at some of these market leaders. We're in a good mood here today. And so why not start with the positive? United Malt Group, well, we heard, uh, well, got a broker upgrade and it opened that uh, that that uh, site in Inverness in Scotland. So that's nice news there. Resolute Mining. Uh, Look, I would dare say that this is just a reflection of the strength that we've been seeing in gold there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, good ones to put in there too, Brickworks. We actually Mm -hmm. had a chat to the uh, managing director today. A really interesting story um, and helped sort of actually challenge my sort of preconceptions about the business and what it does. Obviously, I don't follow it particularly closely, but just talking about the tailwinds from uh, industrial real estate and how Mm -hmm. that's benefited the company. And, you know, they expect actually a pretty good six months to come. So up 3% today, obviously, uh, on on that
1: news. Lindsay Partridge, she joins us often in the wake of results, and I remember he was the first person, even when house prices were soaring, everybody was building, lots of stimulus, and he said, no, there's pain because the margins are so thin. He Mm -hmm. was the first person that put on my radar that you will see a lot of these smaller developers and builders go under and Lo and behold, you know, his his uh, thoughts really came to fruition there. Uh, GUD Holdings, I'm not seeing any news associated with it, but I will say in them that I've been told that uh, sometimes boring is beautiful in uh, really volatile times, and that's, uh, I don't want to cast dispersions, but maybe that's, maybe that's uh, where some of this is coming through for GUD Holdings. Uh, You know, industrials, I had a chat with Evan Lucas from InvestSmart today, and he said industrials are one area of the market that you might want to, you know, hide out in, for lack of a better term. Brambles was actually doing well earlier in the session today. So just some of those slow, steady, you know, nothing flashy, Mm -hmm. um, but still demand for the service and the business that they provide.
0: Yeah, I think uh, folks call that quality out there. Uh, Let's get to (laughs) look at the lag eyes now. Poly Noble down by 11.2%. Nadine, I don't know if you know know if there's any news there, in particular, Uh, Look, no,
1: I see a bit of a change in directors' interest notices coming to the market, but not really, although it definitely is, you know, by far. The Lagard on mm. the market today. So yeah, I can't there see you go.
0: Jumping out to me there. But of course, Megaport always a volatile one, two off by eight percent. Champion Iron down 5.83 percent. Nanosonics after actually trading fairly strongly mm-hmm. last week, um, pulling back just a little bit. And Pilbara as well.
1: Premier Investments, Sorry, Backless Kyle. Going. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I, I, don't, I don't know why. But it e- eased by close to four percent. So it had a downgrade coming through from Fortescue Metals. So look, it's, it's not really busy, let's be honest, when it comes to some of the company news at this time. But Kyle, it's hard to believe that we're only about three weeks away from quarterlies in the U.S. picking up again. Yeah, so and, get that's, ready for and that. that's the
0: lion's share of it, too, because normally we get Nike in the next week or so, and there's a few other names to sort of ease us into things. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's going to go back to company fundamentals, US corporate fundamentals once again. And in fact, a lot of the folks we've been talking to the next two or three days are really, especially obviously the stock guys uh, and gals, really looking forward to that because they want to get back to the fundamentals.
1: Yeah. All right. Here are some of the small cap, mid cap leaders and laggards. So we've got Panoramic Resources. Boyle, look into that one up by close to 21% Fonterra. They're breaking that clear bias on this page to some of those in the resources industry. Uh, but there is always a uh, flip side to that, and OFX did update the market today. Bit of an investor presentation and trading update, flagged a bit of problems uh, in one of its segments, even despite all of the volatility that we've seen in FX markets. So, just keeping an eye on OFX. I do believe that it too reports out of cycle and does so sort of towards the end of May.
0: Okay. So, that was the day that was another interesting one. I, I dare say it won't be as significant tonight, but Bank of England, eh. s a few other things to keep an eye out for as we still digest the Fed too. Um, plenty to talk about tomorrow morning.
1: And it's uh, Friday tomorrow, oh, by yeah. the way. I have yet to meet a Friday that I don't like. Um, We'll see what happens on these markets overnight. Asian markets, you know, very subdued in the wake of that Fed decision and just checking in on U.S. futures as we record obviously. And uh, yeah, they were pretty flat through much of the day, mildly positive. And of course, um, how the US market goes is often how our local market goes. But we'll be getting plenty of analysis. Andrew Tysers comes to mind. He's joining us from Nomura. Uh, We'll also be speaking to LGT Crestone at 10 o'clock and, uh, you know, our regular host of, as you put them, Stock, well, stock lovers?
0: Stock lovers. Well. Stock lovers? Yeah, we'll call them stock lovers. Okay.
1: Analysts, we are too. We are too.
0: Of course. All right. Well, uh, make sure to catch up on everything <laughs> today on the website and app. plenty of great content from the day. Well, until tomorrow morning, have a great evening.
1: See ya. The COB is brought to you by Etoro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.